Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, Jack, I'm hoping that today we can record this thing without any bloopers. Uh, I don't think we've had one in 40 it's, episodes, have we? It, well, you know, Mike, Mike's done a good job of scratching some stuff out and letting us start over. And that's kind of the point, if you think about it. You know, our life is a series of bloopers. And getting another opportunity or another right. chance. <laughs> and how do we fix those bloopers? Well, today we're going to talk about that in the sense that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Amen. Amen. Tell us what that means, Jack. Well, you know, the last time, the last episode, we talked about Jesus as being high priest. And we've talked about him being the king. And we've talked about uh, the line of Judah and all of the uh, amazing characteristics that are are part of who Christ is. But one of the major things that he is seen as is the lamb, Uh, the, the lamb without spot or blemish. Uh, there's two places. One is um, John the Baptist. When he sees Jesus coming to be baptized of him in the Jordan River, he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So that speaks to us what the Lamb is. The Lamb was the sacrifice that took away sin. Uh, and the other place is uh, very, very prevalent is in actually the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, the word lamb is used of Jesus Christ 28 times. So that's interesting to me because Revelation is a vision into heaven and into the future. And you would think that you would John would speak of Jesus as being king or Lord or ruler or and he does but most often he speaks of him as being lamb the lamb of god the lamb is upon his throne and he's emphasizing the fact that the only way we're going to get to heaven and be in the presence of god himself is through the sacrifice of jesus christ or his role as lamb now what did you say about death in in uh, the originality of death well this is why we started this episode over because i screwed it up he's confessing and his i'm, sin. I'm confessing my that. sin i didn't have to do that no. that's why we started the recording over again <laughs> um, but i was pointing out that you know what was the first recorded death in the bible when you would think offhand just real quickly you might say when cain killed abel yeah, you might but, think that. But there's a there death that before comes before that. that. Yeah, tell tell the people what that is. Well, when 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 Adam and Eve had taken and eaten from the fruit of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, okay, um, it says that they felt, felt shame. ashamed mm-hmm. um, and realized that they were naked and clothed themselves, but it wasn't satisfactory. It didn't cover their shame. So what did God do? Well, God sacrificed a lamb to cover and, the nakedness right, and used it to cover their nakedness or to cover their sin. Right. Right. Um, that was the first shedding of blood. And it's not a mistake. It's not just coincidental that God used a lamb. That was the initial foreshadowing from the author of life. Amen. Okay. Because that lamb 
was a foreshadow of Jesus shedding his own blood. Um, the next death that's recorded is Abel sacrificing uh, a lamb to God. In worship. In worship. Right. Offering In worship. his best. Right. And when I think of a lamb, I, I, you think of innocence because the, the lamb ha- hasn't done anything. Um, he, he's born for slaughter. And uh, he's not done anything. Also, you think of helplessness. Mm. You know, a lamb doesn't have any defensive capability. Um, and that's why they need a shepherd. Right. They, they have no defense. Um, and so innocence and helplessness are what I think of when I think of a lamb. And that that doesn't sound like the King of Kings, does it? No. And it speaks of Jesus willingly making himself helpless. In other words, no one took Jesus. No one did that. He gave himself. He willingly gave himself. The, the, the New Testament word, the old word we used to use all the time is the word propitiation. Right. Propitiation has been uh, uh, translated to being the sacrifice of atonement or the sacrifice that atones or takes away our sin. I believe he is the willing sacrifice of atonement. He willingly laid down his life for us. Uh, He could have called 10,000 angels, the song says, but he died alone on Calvary, Mm -hmm. uh, being the willing sacrifice. And I think of one other place uh, that's really prevalent in Genesis chapter 22. Mm -hmm. And it's the story of Abraham and his only son, Isaac, that he waited over 100 years for almost. And uh, Sarah, his wife, was 99 when the promised son came, Isaac. And uh, God comes to Abraham and tells him to go up on Mount Moriah and sacrifice, uh, make him a sacrifice. And uh, Abraham says, "What? where's the sacrifice? Well, the sacrifice was going to be his only son, Isaac, that he waited so long for. And it's really an interesting story as uh, Isaac carries the wood for the sacrifice and questions his father on the way up Mount Moriah, where's the sacrifice? And God will provide. God will provide, Abraham said. And when they got up on that mountain, built that altar, and he said, son, you're the sacrifice, get up on it. And it was then that God provided a lamb, a ram in the thicket that was caught there instead of his son. And the story is so clear as it speaks of Jesus, who is provided for us instead of us sacrificing ourselves for our sin or taking the just reward or punishment for our sin, but of the lamb of Jesus being the sacrifice that God provided and we go free. So the lamb is uh, very much speaking of that, speaking of our freedom and the death of innocence, the shedding of blood so that uh, those who are steeped in sin can be made clean. It's the, it's the death of the innocent with the T mm-hmm. because it's the birth of innocence. We're made innocent. Right. Right. Through his blood. It's not the death of innocence in the sense of like a, a child that's gone through some horrid 
trauma and they've lost their innocence. Jesus gives us innocence when we haven't had it and when we don't deserve it. Um, because he was the innocent with a T, mm-hmm. not the C-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that makes all the difference in the world. Now, the Bible tells us that Abraham believed that if he sacrificed his son, he would that, raise that God would raise him from right. the dead. Right. Um, another interesting thing is, you know, it says he went into the region of Moriah, mm-hmm. and Jewish tradition actually would have that be in the area where Jerusalem is. Mm. And wow. it's, it's, it's not a leap to consider that God chose that spot. Where the... Eventual time. Where the well, where, where the eventual sacrifice of his son uh, oh, would be. On count. Wow. Um, you know, the Bible isn't explicit; doesn't tell us that. But there's a lot of tradition that would point to that. Um, that's one of those, you know, can't prove it, but it's interesting to think about things. I think when you study the Bible, you see so many of these things. Right. Um, so many things that just could not be happenstance. It could not be a coincidence. Right. That God planned these things so that we would learn, so that we would understand exactly what he did for us before the foundation of the world. Right. Uh, got into a discussion about Gethsemane and the, the prayer of Jesus in Gethsemane. Uh, that the focal point of his life as son of man was to die on a cross. And he knew when he came here that that was what he was headed for. His purpose. His purpose for putting on flesh was so that he might come and provide a way, might be the lamb. So, Well, we can't talk about the lamb of God without talking about Passover. Um, You know, Passover was the culmination of God testing Pharaoh to say, let my people go. Um, and the Bible tells us that he hardened Pharaoh's heart. And some people have a big discussion about, oh, does that mean that God uh, took away Pharaoh's free will? Um, we can argue that all day. But the point of it to me is that God pushed Pharaoh because sometimes you know that a certain thing is going to embolden somebody and harden them and make them want to fight back even more. Um, it's, it's like when somebody's uh, insulting someone just because they know it's going to make them mad and get them off track. Um, and, you know, I'm, to me, it doesn't matter. God can do what he wants to do. Um, did he freeze his free will um, and take that away from Pharaoh? Did he just push him? Doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, but the point was that the culmination of the plague was going to be the death of the firstborn. Right. Well, what I would say, just add to that, is um, I know God. He's a sovereign God. I understand him as grace and love. I believe with every ounce of anything that is in me that God would have never hardened the heart of someone who is going to believe. Oh, well, yeah. So he had to know that Pharaoh was already hardened and would have never come to faith in him. Right? I believe so. So, but that, that Passover lamb, so God's final plague, he tells him in advance, um, well, you need to prepare to leave because Pharaoh is going to kick you out in a hurry. And so you, you made the bread w- without yeast. Um, and then 
Uh, he even t- tells him how to eat it, you know, <laughs> um, because you're going to be in a hurry. And then the last thing he says is you got to sacrifice the firstborn lamb. And then you have to paint the doorposts and the frame with blood. Mm-hmm. So it's no, it's no coincidence that this was done on Passover uh, because... You're talking about Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm going there. Okay. Yeah, it's like because when blood is shed of the lamb placed on the door and the death angel passes over, we celebrate communion mm. or what we call the Lord's Supper. And Jesus instituted that on Passover. So they were there in the upper room celebrating Passover, the meal, and he makes it doubly holy by taking the bread, breaking it, and saying, this is my body, Uh, you know, do this in remembrance of me. And he took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Drink all of it in remembrance of me. And so now if we receive through the new covenant, eat and drink of Christ, which is believing, having faith in him, then the death angel passes over our lives. And we are now saved right. and set free. Right. And it happened all on Passover. So that's, I don't think that's a coincidence. Not at all. I think that's uh, teaching us right. an awful lot. Yeah, the, the verse in the New Testament that says, Christ, our Passover, mm-hmm. is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. And then they sang yeah. a hymn. Yeah. Uh, and they went to the garden. And he prayed, and then they were arrested and down to uh, be judged and tried and condemned and crucified. I want to read um, the passage that, that speaks a lot to me when we're talking about this Lamb of God. Um, let's see. I believe, isn't it Revelation chapter 4? That's the throne. That's the throne. Right. And 5. Which is the one that talks about? Revelation 4 and 5 uh, is a picture into the throne. Okay, you got it. There we go. Yeah, so chapter 4 tells you about the throne room. Yeah, it's Um, 5. And then it says, and we've talked about that song, Is He Worthy? Oh, I love that song. I love that song, too. So here we are, Revelation chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaim in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the others said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Ah. the root of David, has Mm. triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. So he's painted this picture of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Um, The imagery just honestly gives me chills because 
it's telling you that our Lamb of God, who was slain for the sins of the whole mm. earth, is the only one who is worthy to open that scroll. And then that became the song of heaven. Yeah. All of heaven, angels, cherubim, seraphim, the elders, uh, angels, all of the saints, saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and glory and honor, right? And, uh, and blessing. And so um, that's praise. And they were praising God that, that he did what he did so that they could stand in heaven itself in all that glory and all that amazing, amazing wonderment that they were experiencing at that very time and be able to sing their praise. Worthy is the Lamb who's getting this whole thing going and continuing it because he is the one who, uh, who was faithful, did it all for us. It, it is kind of mind-numbing and kind of gives you chills <laughs> to think about, doesn't it? True, truly does. So the Lion of Judah and the Root of David becomes our Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Who sacrificed mm-hmm. for our sins. Yeah, and read Revelation and just notice how many times uh, the lamb is mentioned in there. I was amazed. I started counting them. I said, man, the lamb is showing up here in Revelation. And I think that's why. It's because uh, he was the Lion of Judah. But the thing that affects us so very, very much, doesn't it, is that he was the lamb that sacrificed his life so that we can praise the Lion of Judah. He's the beginning and the end. I hope you guys are inspired by that. Um, And thank you for joining us. You know, next time we'll be talking about Jesus as our Savior. Uh, We'll talk to you next time. Have a great week.